if you picked up a bulletin or handed a bulletin, has the cover on it, a Mother's Day theme. It says, a virtuous woman, her children arise up and call her blessed. We're going to look at that passage this morning in Proverbs 31. And uh, how, how does the world today describe a good woman? Uh, or what it means to be a good mother or a good wife? Um, you know, how the world evaluates that today, Pop, when I mean the world, I mean, you know, the popular culture, um, Hollywood, media, psychology, um, all of that. Uh, they, they would tend to come up with some at certain attributes, and, and the Bible gives us a list of attributes. The attributes that the world would place at perhaps close to the top of the list often would be, you know, how beautiful a woman is, you know, and healthy and all of that. And, to what extent that, that, that she is able to please other people and to uh, physically, emotionally connect with you and make you feel good about yourself as far as how good a mother or how good a wife she is. Um, but Proverbs 31 gives us you know, a different perspective on that. Proverbs 31 and the end of the passage, verse 30 says, favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. And I would like us to look, go back now to the beginning of that section that talks about a good woman, a virtuous woman. And look at those attributes. And we find, I believe, three uh, areas, three ways in which a woman, um, what makes a great mother, a great wife, a virtuous woman. And before we get into those three areas, I want to look at the background, just a little bit of this proverb. If you'll notice with me, verses 1 and 2 of Proverbs 31 says, The words of the king, the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. So this proverb was first taught to, it's Solomon, uh, there's no King Lemuel. Lemuel is, uh, Lemuel means um, devoted to the Lord. Or, and there's a, a title given to us in 2 Samuel 12, 25. God gave Solomon another name, which was Jedidiah, which means beloved of the Lord. So very similar to that word Lemuel. And uh, we, we know uh, Solomon to really be the author of this proverb, which means, uh, look at verse 2, look at verse 2, and what my son, and what the son of my womb, and what the son of my vows. Who is the mother speaking here? It's Bathsheba, and he is the son. Solomon is the son of her vows. Remember, the son, the, her first son, which was not a son of her vows, was, was taken by the Lord. And David, you know, mourned that death and, and finally um, said, you know, I shall go to him, but he shall not come to me. Uh, God took that first son, but then God gave Solomon and Bathsheba, the second son, the son of her vows, um, which is Solomon who goes on to become known as the wisest king in history because God offered him uh, his request, any request that he would give the Lord, and he asked for wisdom to rule his people well, and God granted that wisdom. 
And some of that wisdom is given to us in the Proverbs. Now, of course, we know that this wisdom, although being written, being penned by Solomon and being attributed to his mother, we also know that the Holy Spirit is who gives us these words. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, which means complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And uh, we find this is part of, of, of God's word here this morning in uh, Proverbs 31. We'll skip down to verse 10 now. To verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. I want you to notice before we get into the three ways that uh, a, uh, make a great mother, a great wife, a virtuous woman. Before we look at those, I want to just mention for all the men here, and of course I did mention at the, at the very beginning, but the, the, uh, tonight we'll, we'll show a Christian film, and the, the topic is more of a Father's Day topic, but I won't be here to show a film on, on Father's Day. But of course, parenting in general is, is included in that. But for fathers, as you can hear this sermon, you know, don't go home to your wife or sit in the pew next to your wife and give her a little elbow. Uh, remember here, uh, the things that this passage lists. It says, who can find such a woman? These are rare qualities, and any of these qualities that you recognize in your wife is deserving of praise. This list isn't meant for you know, husbands to go home and tell their wife, hey, you need to look, read that, verse, that chapter again. Go back and do those things that you're not doing. But rather, praise. The husband's role that's mentioned, the husband or father's role that is mentioned in this passage is, notice verse 11, the heart of the husband does safely trust in her. Trust. And also, if you look at the verse 10, you can, you can exposit the word treasure, that you should treasure your wife for these attributes that you do find, for the virtues that she does have from this passage, and treasure those virtues, and trust in her because of these, and just trust that you know, she will continue to grow in these as well. And then finally, at the end of the uh, we'll see that there's a role also to be played in praising and blessing your wife. And that's, that's really the, the part of the husband here, is to really treasure and trust and bless and praise. And for, the, for those of our mothers and, and wives this morning, of course, you know, consider the things that this passage says and, and how we can... Uh, strive to be more like these, but also be encouraged by the ways in which uh, women are honored here in this passage, in particular for these ways. The first one, the first way that a, a great mother or great wife can be virtuous is through, is physically, uh, through physically laboring for her household. Uh, there's a, a physical part 
uh, a virtue here of, of strength and, and strong uh, labor that is found in the first part of, of this list. And this list in the original Hebrew was actually matched up for the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, each Hebrew word would begin with a different letter for the next uh, several verses here for the 22 letters. I won't go through those and try to, try to name those, but look at verse 12 with me now. Um, ver verse 11, the second part of verse 11, so that he shall have no need of spoil. What does that mean? The husband has no need of spoil? It means the husband doesn't have to go steal. He doesn't have to go to war and capture goods uh, because of how, how uh, physically valuable his wife is to him and what she brings to the household. Look at verse 12. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Of course, in another passage of Scripture, we're told that he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. A wife... A mother, she does good, meaning she brings profit to the household. She is bringing a good, something good, a blessing to the household, not harm, not damage. Uh, that is speaking, of course, of a virtuous woman. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Throughout her life, uh, a woman who is, is virtuous, a great mother, a great wife, will be you know, physically active in taking care of her household. We see that in verse uh, 13. She eketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant's ships. She bringeth her food from afar. Of course, back in the time this proverb was written, they didn't have the ease of access so much as we do today. Now, of course, Solomon's mother would, would have more access than most because she's the queen and the favorite queen at that. But back then you didn't have the supermarkets and the refrigeration and the freezing and everything that we have where you can go to a, a Walmart or a BJ's or an Aldi's and find everything you need and everything you want right there in one store. Back then they'd have to uh, be a little more creative in searching and finding all the different markets and places to purchase everything needed for the household. And still today, there is uh, much to be said about that, that uh, a chore, that, that physical task of providing for the household, the so much that women, that mothers, that wives do, and that she is worthy of praise for that labor, for that physical labor she does, and, and, get, and finding those things that are needed for her household, whether it be for uh, the garments, for the materials to make the clothing that are mentioned in verse 13, or for the food as well, in verse 14. In verse 15, she rises also while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. I got curious about that. You know, it, there's definitely a principle there of early to rise, you know, early to bed makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. And the, the, the virtuous woman physically is resourceful. That, another word for virtuous has the idea of resourcefulness. She's resourceful physically, and she makes good use of the day, makes good use of the time. The sun does not find her in bed. Uh, she is up while it is yet night. And I got curious about that to find out what time that is in Jerusalem. And, uh, of course, it varies from the summer to the winter a little bit. But basically, for the most part, that's always going to be about 5 a.m. or earlier in the morning that this woman is getting up and preparing 
uh, food, not only for her family, but for her servants as well. She's maybe not doing it all physically herself, especially Bathsheba as a queen would have had a lot of servants working for her, but she's overseeing there and she's right there with them, making sure everything is prepared, everything is in its place, and that everyone is well fed and provided for, and she is right there awake and early in the morning. And uh, while it is yet dark, uh, she considers a field and she buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. Again, the physical aspect of virtue is that she's working hard physically. She's laboring physically. Considereth a field and buyeth it here. You could, you know, get the idea that she's involved in family investments. But more so here, I think what you find is that she's involved in gardening and husbandry. Of course, back then, uh, m many families were physically involved. But even Bathsheba is involved in whether it's the vineyards around the palace and planting and overseeing there and physically doing some of the labor that is needed in that garden and taking the money that she earns by selling the fruits of that vineyard or of that orchard or of that vegetable garden or that flower garden and in reinvesting that and buying more land. Of course, today that'd be like buying topsoil and compost and fertilizer and everything that is needed for the maintenance of the yard and the garden. And she's involved in that and she's being praised here for that. This virtuous woman is, is physically laboring and she's, because of the activity, the physical activity that she's involved in caring for her household, look at verse 17, she girdeth her loins and that has to do the idea of the, uh, her, her waist is, is being girded with muscle because of the efforts that she's physically putting into the labor. And the strengthening of her arms is involved as well, that, that uh, her arms are clothed with strength. In verse 18, we begin to come toward the end of the physical part and into the beginning of the mental. But as, even so, there's a physical aspect here. In verse 19, she, 18 and 19, she perceiveth that her merchandise is good, her candle goeth out, not out by night. She maketh good use of the physical resource of daylight all the way into the night and she keeps her lamp burning. So she is awake before the sun rises and active physically before the sun rises and she's active physically after the physical daylight has departed and she continues back in Israel. That would be around 6 or 7 p.m. in the evening, um, sometimes as early as 5 p.m. In the, in the height of winter. Uh, that the sun would set uh, in the summer. It could be as late as 8.15 p.m. And that's about as late as it gets uh, for daylight in Israel, in Jerusalem. And, uh, but even after that time has come and passed and it's dark outside, she keeps the lamp burning. And what is she doing? She's spinning and she's uh, making clothing, doing things that she can do inside as the time has passed where she can be doing all the gardening and outdoor work. Now she's inside the home and still working, keeping the lamp burning, using those physical resources as she is a virtuous woman. And those ways in which our mothers and our wives are physically involved in taking care of the home, we need to praise them for that. You know, how often do we just take for granted that preparing of meals or the washing of the dishes or the gardening that is done by our wives and our mothers 
and we need to you know give them that appreciation and, and those who we know who are who are mothers that have so much that they do that they're worthy of praise and honor for those tasks that are sometimes considered menial that the bible gives great praise for in these verses and then we come to the second way in which a, a virtuous woman is a great mother a great great wife and that's mentally she um, is very um, considerate she has perception that's mentioned in verse 19 18 excuse me verse 18 she perceiveth that her merchandise merchandise is good so the profit that she's bringing to the household the things that she is producing she perceiveth they are good so she is mentally engaged and making decisions and evaluations of uh, and planning ahead of time and thinking things through she's taking thought in the things she's doing verse 19 she layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff she stretcheth out her hand to the poor yea she reacheth forth her hands to the needy uh, and this could be that she's giving of the fruits of her vineyards or, or orchards or or uh, garden that she's giving food to those who are in need because she's grown more than her family needs she's able to sell some of that or give it away to those who have need and she plans and she prepares for the different seasons to keep her household well clothed of course today we have a lot of you know factory made things back then most things were made in the home and private homes certainly um, the queen she could have had many other people do that for her but um, Bathsheba is setting an example for her son and telling him that you know he should look for such a, uh, a wife and, and mother for his children that will be physic, uh, physically and mentally involved in the planning and, and the care of the household. Look at verse 20. She stretches out her, verse 21, she is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She's already prepared. She's already planned. She doesn't, she's not taken by surprise by the different seasons because she's already thought ahead and done that mental preparation and physical preparation as well involved with that planning. Verse 22, she maketh herself coverings of tapestry and her clothing is silk and purple. So she takes thought about how the clothing even looks and the quality of it is so good that people want to buy it from her. And her husband has a good reputation. Look at verse 23. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come. Meaning that she has such a good reputation and she is making such good memories and good impressions that the fruit of her labors physically and mentally are going to continue to be reaped long into the future during her life those are going to follow her as she is making a great name for herself through those physical and mental uh, labors and verse 26 she openeth her mouth and notice she thinks she uses her mind and she thinks about what she says she opens her her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness she looketh well and again has the idea of that way uh, mentally that she engages that she has virtue mentally she thinks about 
uh, the ways of her household. She looks well. The idea of looking well has the idea of peering into the future, of leaning forward and planning and preparing and really taking thought and consideration. She is considerate. She is uh, aware. She has understanding and wisdom. Verse 27, she looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Because she's planned, because she's prepared, she doesn't have to rely on yesterday's stale bread or, or uh, you know, uh, Dave Ramsey uh, has made a, a, a big point about being a good steward with one's finances. And one of the things that he points to as a first step toward that is not eating out so much. You have a pot, you have a pan, uh, prepare that food at home, plan those meals at home and don't uh, catch yourself uh, always eating out. And, and uh, the virtuous woman, she does that. She looketh well to the ways of her house and eateth not the bread of idleness. And verse uh, 28, her children arise and call her blessed her husband also. And now we come to that third way in which a, a woman can be a great mother, a great wife through the, her spiritual virtue. And first, you can go back to even verse 26. We know that the beginning of wisdom that's mentioned in verse 26, she opens her mouth with wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And that is mentioned in verse 30. But the woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. She has wisdom because she fears the Lord. That's Proverbs 9, verse 10, that mentions the fear of the Lord. And notice she speaks according to the law of kindness. Again, related to her spiritual virtue. And then look at verse 28, her children arise up and call her blessed. Because she fears the Lord, she trains her children in the way they should go. She ra ra uh, raises them for the Lord. She trains them up, disciplines them, as we heard some of the testimonies of that earlier this morning. And it's part of the spiritual virtue that she has in raising her children in the way they should go. And her children arise up in verse 28 and call her blessed and her husband also, and he praises her. And this is part of the role that we as husbands and fathers have as, as not to go home and say, uh, wife, this is where you're falling short right here, but rather praise her for the areas in which she does deserve that praise and that blessing of uh, a mother's uh, children and her husband also. Very important to praise our wives for their virtues. And continuing with the spiritual virtues, verse 30, favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. There is rewards uh, physically and, of course, I believe spiritually as well in heaven one day for those who are faithful in the task that God gives them and for our mothers and, and, and wives. It is uh, that task of, of being a mother and being a wife that uh, has those physical aspects, mental aspects, and then most importantly, spiritual. It begins with the fear of the Lord and there's great rewards and praise that is deserved by mothers for their virtue.
And however, to whatever extent, the mothers in your life, um, whether, whether it be your mother, whether it be your, your wife who's a mother, or, or a mother in your life uh, that you know, a, a friend or a daughter who is a mother, that you can be an encouragement to. I hope that today you will make them feel treasured and, and trusted and praised and blessed as we find uh, the many ways, the many areas, uh, many attributes, I should say, in these three areas, spiritually, mentally, and physically, that women deserve praise for as they endeavor to be a great wife, a great mother, uh, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you we thank you for our 